to Deep in Bear Country, a Berenstain Bearcast. I'm your host, Phil Gonzalez, and a quick intro before we begin this episode, because it is simply another part in the visit of Brad and Jeremy and Phil to the Berenstain Bear archives, except we've left the Berenstain studios, we said goodbye to Mike, and now we are at the Strong Museum of Play, looking through their archives. And this is going to mostly be supplemented by pictures that are at berensteinbearcast.wordpress.com because a lot of the stuff we're looking at is, well, obviously visual. But I wanted to give you guys a taste of what it was like for me and Brad and Jeremy to sort of pour through these amazing archives and interact with the people at the museum and just sort of give you guys a little window into our excitement, if that works. There's also a, at the end, an interview I did with Julia Novakovic, who's the archivist at the Strong Museum. We talk a little bit about her job and just sort of what goes on behind the scenes there. It's a great interview. You'll also hear her at the beginning. Again, if you're interested in seeing the stuff we talk about in this episode, go to berensteinbearcast.wordpress.com, go to this episode, and you'll be able to see a bunch of pictures that Brad took and that I took of some of the cool stuff the toys and prototypes some of the scripts just a lot of the 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 weird wild and woolly stuff that we got to see at the strong museum enjoy it's, um, it's based off of the collections of margaret woodbury strong who's the museum's you know founder basically yeah. um she was big into collecting dolls and doll houses and toys and miniatures and she filled her 30 room mansion to the brim with these and when she died in 1969 she was the single largest shareholder of kodak stock in the world and so she had in 1969 that was like 100 million dollars so she had already um gotten a charter to um basically establish a museum in New York State before she died and so that was nice and easy for the people working on her will to yeah. go ahead and kind of figure out what they needed to do about a museum so at that time they um, brought in experts from like Colonial Williamsburg and the Boston Fine Arts Museum and the Met and they came in and like looked at her collections and they were like mm, this isn't really like serious enough to make a museum around they're like yeah she has a really great collection of dolls and toys but you can't like found a museum around that so you know at first that's how they kind of came up with this like you know post-industrial revolution type <laughs> type mission where it's like okay well we're talking about things that are like mass manufactured and how the middle class works and you know how they were able to rise up and yeah. factory work and this and that and the other thing and so when the museum opened here in 1982 it did well for a couple of years and then like attendance dropped off because you can only see like so many chairs or like flow blue pottery like so right. many times um and then they started in the 90s they did like more market research and they um did a lot more like family programming and then they saw attendance start to come back up and then they were like oh okay and then we got the sesame street exhibit that you'll go see uh, we got that in 97 and so that was a really big like oh okay like maybe we could do this because then, and then they went back and they re-examined the collections we have and still like the toys and dolls were, you know, really one of the, the one of the best collections of those in the country at that yeah. time too. So that's kind of when they refocused on like, okay, well let's go back to like Margaret's original intention and we'll, you know, we'll use this as the basis of the museum now. And so they switched to, um, to it being about play and the study of play in the 2000s. So we are here at the Strong Museum of Play in Rochester, New York, and we are actually in the Brian Sutton Smith Library and Archives of Play. Now, it seems like the, the Strong is a museum dedicated to the history and study of play in all of its forms, toys, activities, and everything, but what are we doing here in the archives? Well, the, um, the archives holds uh, the San and Jan Bernstein papers, 
um, which is a series of uh, manuscripts and proofs, um, uh, art, and correspondence um, relating to Stan and Jan Berenstain, not only during the era of the Berenstain Bears, the children's book series, but also their uh, personal work, comic strips that predate the Bears. So what we've just opened up is one of the first boxes here, and we, we flipped through and already found some um, early production art and um, scripts for video games and television specials There's and no page one. proofs for early beginner books and bright and early beginner books. I'm looking at um, uh, page proofs for the spooky old tree right now. So I have the Christmas um, tree one. This is, um, this is pretty cool stuff. I think that like, like a lot of the material we saw yesterday, this just gives such fascinating insight into the, the production process. Like it's one thing to, to appreciate the final draft of, of a published book, but to see every step along the way of all of the changes and edits and um, how one idea morphed into another is really fascinating. Another thing like this is, yeah, this is really interesting how they... Oh yeah. So what they wanted to do is draw the tree up more here? They did, didn't they? So the pages yeah. it look a lot like the pages you see in the final book, but they've got pen marks all over them, adding elements or changing elements in that, these spreads. This is the final spread Remember how he said they couldn't find the original? I do want to see his redrawing of it. I want to compare notes. So like what we saw at Mike's house was a lot of, was like the individual stages of production. Mm -hmm. But this is kind of like, a lot of this is like the... This is towards the end. Yeah, yeah. And like a little bit more of the order. meat and potatoes of like the business, it seems. There's like, the end paper. Yeah, I suspect like this, this is material that came from the publisher. Yeah. Yeah. Um, these are the. This is the final steps before it went. To, yeah, when they made. Yeah, like to change this. La one last thing, which is cool. Like for anyone who who even dares to think that this is a quick process. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing more notes here. This is our favorite book too, so it's cool. Mm -hmm. to, it is cool. So we were saying that the uh, the this drawing, you know, is a is a is a archive in a museum for the public. It's huge. There's all kinds of activities and stuff for kids, but the research library is. Definitely a uh, an archive is definitely a uh, amazing resource for anyone looking mm -hmm. to to dive into the the nitty gritty of the history of toys and games from everything from from uh, books to video games and there's a little bit of a crossover here because they've got information and mm -hmm. examples of experiencing bears. They just got in a huge Atari yeah collection and uh, like of the history of Atari and. Berenstain Bears is all tied up in that. Yeah, and, I, and I'm curious, like, if, if we had more time or if I came back again or requested what sort of information might be in those um, Atari archives, because there's very little information about how the Berenstain Bears video game, like, came to be. Yeah. Like, the, the production process, it was very rushed, and it was very, at the end, it was right before the big video games crash of 1983. We have this. This is really cool. This is a This was originally published in, like, Good Housekeeping magazine or something. Oh, the Did you know? Book. Yeah. It was, before it was a book. Um, the Christmas tree. Yeah. They, they published it the previous year as, like, a little mini story in Good Housekeeping. So this is cool to see. 
Um, oh, they must have ran it in different magazines. Because it's different back covers. Oh, look at this. What? I've never seen this before. What is, what is that? So this is just advertisements, clipping, clippings that someone kept. This is like a little tie-in ad for the Baroness uh, and Bears Me Big Paw. Like a two-page spread. I bet uh, finding those issues would be pretty easy. Yes, if we know exactly, and that's what's so great about this, because I actually found, I have this because I found out what issue of Good Housekeeping yeah. it was, and people sell old magazines on eBay all, all right. the time. But again, these are these are things that aren't indexed anywhere, and this is the problem, um, or also like the beauty or the challenge of of collecting is that like it can be really frustrating. But and Brad told me about that one, so I got it. I have it stuck in my book. Nice. That's right, yeah. Because someone had it for sale on eBay, so I'm like, I might as well buy it. Right, like, uh, magazines would, you know, index the articles, but they wouldn't index no. the ads. Right. Correct. And that's actually, she was showing us they have this huge archive of Playthings magazine, and ads for Berenstain Bears items, promotional items, especially in the early to mid-1980s, um, were very frequent in that magazine. But how would you even know where to begin to you find them? Through it, yeah. yeah. This is also cool because it, it confirms... Like, I'd suspected there were only these four items because I've never seen anything else. So now you know that it's just the four. Yeah. Oh, wow. But I literally have only seen this plate once or twice, and I what never I got it. What, someone else outbid you? I think the first time I saw it was, like, way back when I first started collecting, okay. and I wasn't, like, doing the plates and ceramics yet. And then it showed up one other time that I think I got outbid on. The first time I ever came across this, it got shipped to me, and it was destroyed oh, no. in shipping. And it took me like five more years to find another one. That's heartbreaking. Uh-huh. But I do have it now. And the bell. Oh, my gosh. The bell. So I have one that looks like this. And then on the inside it says, you know, like Berenstein Bears, 1985, series of 10,000. Um, but I have one that says that on the inside. But on the outside they stamped it wrong. It has like Mickey Mouse. Oh, my gosh. So I so I have like the real one and then I have like a flaw. Is that worth more? I don't know. Is any of this stuff worth anything? I don't know. Okay, the kid vid video game system. Um, oh. Merchandise. What? Did they ever make that? Yeah, they must have. Well, no, they didn't because I don't have it. Merchandise <laughs> photographs. Flashlight. Get out. Is that oh, wow. Sister Bear's scout flashlight? What? See, Maybe these could be prototypes, though. Yeah. I've never seen any of this stuff. What is this? Is this like a bracelet? Yeah. And it has that logo from Golden Books, the mm -hmm. 90s one. What is this? Bears, St. Bears, merchandise. Prototypes, yeah. Prototypes. Prototy okay, so they maybe never did any of this stuff. They should have. They should have. This stuff is cool. Like a little like a little book reading lamp. Yeah. Cute. What? Binoculars? Bear Scout binoculars? I bet that they were like planning on hoping the Bear Scouts would become a bigger right. yeah. merchandise thing. And I love the Bear Scouts. I love everything that is the Bear Scouts. What is this is a little bowl with a lid on it. Mm. Oh, why don't they make, why didn't they make this stuff? But that's what's so cool. Like, it's like the books that never got published. Right. Oh, now this, the, you're going to like this. You're going to like this. This is, now this is, this is, a, this is, this is the storyboard. This is the original. Wow. Actual storyboard of Comic Valentine. You know, I've never seen Comic Valentine. Is it good? Oh, yeah. Let's do a podcast on that one someday. For yeah. For Valentine's yeah. Day. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. So now this has, so this is like a sketch that Stan and Jan actually did. Did. 
And that's, now that's interesting. Have you ever read the, um, they talk, there's an interview with them or something about how they, um, they said to do their first animated special. The Christmas they, tree? Yeah. They had, they drew like 10,000 drawings of the bears because the animators needed every possible, every possible angle. Right. They're like, I need to draw mama. Like, in every pose, and then they used those as their reference. You know, okay, of course, yeah. the animators used those so that they would like, be accurate. At this point, uh, one of the archivists comes in uh, with a box that contains this sort of paint-by-number set that Brad owns but has an incomplete version of and he kind of wanted to take a look at the complete version because he just needed to check and make sure that what he had was yada 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 collector stuff yada yada yada. But it's really cool because it's a reminder that the archives aren't in the strong museum itself. This isn't just about documents and, and literature and lists. This is also toys and stuff that you can hold in your hand. So we just got really excited when she came in with this old paint by number set that Brad had been just curious about. So that's what's happening here. Oh, oh there it is. Oh, yeah. Thank yeah. you so much. Bradley. Phil and Jeremy. Yes. Hi. This is Michelle Parnett. Hi, um, Michelle. She is our um, dolls and toys curator. Okay. So um, awesome. she has Thank you so much. brought this up for you beautiful. guys too. Um, so they're here all day doing fancy and stuff. And doing this with all of the joys that we have. Oh, uh -huh. so, so I don't amazing. know. Have they met Nick yet? Not yet. Because Nick, our other curator, actually met. Oh, yeah. New Jan. Oh. oh, yeah. And they spent yesterday with Mike. With Mike, yep. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so. I, I met Jan back in 2002, but oh, it was cool. just, it was pretty brief. It was more like an author signing kind mm. of a thing, but I never oh. knew her personally. We corresponded a little. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, this is this is really interesting stuff. You've got some great stuff That's here. This, cool. is, this is phenomenal. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have to say that you guys are the first ones to really go through really? this collection. Oh. Like I had like a couple of requests here and there for like a folder. Yeah. Right. But like this is, you're really just say you know, I only have five things I need for my collection. That's one of them. So yeah. someday <laughs> I'll find it. I'm watching you. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so much. <laughs> and you're free to open them. Okay. Like Thank cool. you so Thanks. much. Do you have the ISBN number for this? I just took a picture of it. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. You know I did. I know you did. <laughs> so you I have did. this, Brad? I do. Brad has it. But not in this good a condition. Oh, yours isn't in this good a condition? No, the box is kind of, is pretty crushed. And I assume this is complete. What? Oh, sure. So do you have all the things on this list? Do you have, do you have the pictures to color, the posters to color, paper dolls? So I have la the lacing cards, the paper dolls. I feel like I have one. I can't. Is it posters to color or pictures? I have one, maybe not the other. Okay. I can't. I can't remember. And, and they were packaged really oddly. Okay. Um, I never know like where to put them in my collection. Hope I find oh, this. Oh, <laughs> this is cool. Do you have that in yours? <laughs> yeah. Oh, they do. Okay, cool. No, I'm gonna look up this ISBN just for fun. The lacing cards are pretty close to the lace up the book, right? Yes. Almost wasn't it exactly the same, pretty much. You know, I've never gone. Because my lacing cards might still be sealed. Okay. So I don't know if I've ever actually opened it up and gone through to compare how many are the same or if it's exactly the same. So we've got more storyboard. So this is storyboard for Littlest Leaguer. I'm going to post a picture of this and see that I want my collection. 
Easter surprise storyboard. Easter surprise. Meet Big. Here's Meet Big Paw. Oh, we go. love Meet Big Paw. And here's Big Christmas Paw. tree storyboard. Oh, this one is like on. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, the activity book. <gasps> this is such a good book. It is. Have I, you ever I, gone through the activity book? Did we ever? Did you, you skip? You covered it. You did covered we? it. We talked about it. Yeah, we did. You're right. I love it. I don't have a copy. Of I like it. the making. That's right. Because we. Um, yep. Because um, yeah, because remember we talked about it. Like, and I even I sent you some pictures mm -hmm. so that you would like know what we were talking about. Yeah. yeah, that was a good episode actually. It was. It was. We've had some good episodes. I mean, when I was a kid, a couple. We've had a couple bad up. ones too. I think you mentioned that in the episode. Yeah. <laughs> because my binding was falling apart. Did you like the make and do book? Yeah. Didn't they re recently reissue something that had aspects of both of those? Yeah, it's called the um, Giant Activity Book, or what's yeah. it called? It's Dover. Yeah. And it combines the two. Yep. In their entirety, though? I think so. But I the don't know. printing I... wasn't as nice, I feel like. Oh. Speaking of Big Paw. Great Natural, natural bear. Bear's Lair. Oh. The difference between Big Paw and Great Natural Bear is the hat. Yeah, he seems like yeah. nicer, friendlier. He is. Well, because Big Paul is like a legendary monster, and Great Natural right. Bear was like a friendly forest creature. Say a hippie who lived up yeah. there <laughs> with no clothes on. I, when I was studying um, Rogers and Hammerstein in, in grad school, no, no one had even cataloged the um, Oscar Hammerstein papers. Everyone wanted to. Everyone always requested Richard Rogers. Yeah. And Oscar Hammerstein just has boxes and boxes of that, like no one has ever cataloged. Wow! Oh, wow! And yeah. I was like, and, it, and especially since I was researching Pipe Dream and me and Juliet, like no one had ever been in those boxes. Yeah, because no one cares. And I was like, yeah, and I was like the first, one of the first people. Um, I wonder whether there's like any information or archives of stuff on the, I wonder if it's all at Mike's place on the Saturday morning show. Because while that wasn't like up to the same quality as the specials, it was pretty well done Saturday morning yeah. show. Yeah. Oh, these are the toys. This so These are original drawings for those. So these are drawings of the prototypes of the toys that, that never got, never got made. <laughs> I'll take pictures of all of them? I'll, I'll take a picture of some of them. They did make a sippy cup eventually. It didn't look like... Ooh. Oh, yeah. The, the Berenstein Bears boom box. Should have happened. Never did. They spelled cassette wrong. Spelled, I was just going to say they spelled cassette, cassette. wrong. So this is going well? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Why? They didn't make... They All of these... Ideas that never happened. Oh. It's so cool, though. <laughs> they all existed in the alternate universe. Yes. <laughs> Let me know whenever you. I am now. Okay. I am now free. All right. Can we just step into your office? Okay. <laughs> Can I see you in your office, please? Yeah. Hi, I'm Julia Novakovic. I'm the archivist here at the Strong Museum. Um, at the Strong, we have the world's most comprehensive collection of materials related to the study of play, as well as artifacts of play and uh, materials related to video and other electronic games. I work in the Brian Sutton Smith Library and Archives of Play. In the archives, I have materials from toy designers, game inventors, video game companies, children's authors, illustrators, play scholars, and all kinds of other topics related to play. What specifically from the Berenstains do we have? From the Berenstains, in their collection, there are um, some artwork, some storyboards, notes from Stan and Jan Berenstain, book jackets, plans and sketches for, for materials that were produced and apparently not produced as well. So it's a, it's a pretty interesting collection. 
How did you come by most of these materials? A lot of them um, were donated from individuals or from designers. Um, I know that the Berenstains, there is an exhibit here at the museum called um, Down a Sunny Dirt Road. And um, when that exhibit was being put together, that's when we were in touch with the Berenstains and when they donated a lot of their books and papers and artifacts as well. What is it you personally like about working in an archive library? Especially with these materials, I learn something new every day. The topics are very interesting. You can always connect with people based on games or dolls or video games or things that they played with. Um, there's always a big sense of nostalgia whenever you talk to researchers or visitors. And so it's just really great to be able to uh, learn more about these really interesting topics. And I, yeah, I never get bored. <laughs> You had said that until we came in, no one had really gone through the Berenstain right. archives. Um, but that's kind of the nature of archives, yeah. isn't it? Like, stuff sits until someone needs to... Uh, what's... Uh, do you have any examples of stuff that people have come into research that you were like, oh, wow, like, no one's... We have a couple of collections that are that are really heavily travel... Heavily trafficked, but they're pretty large, and so there are definitely certain parts of them that you know, never get looked at until somebody discovers, oh, man, you have a script for this one thing that... I remember seeing in 1981. So it's, since I have the luxury of being the person who processes the collections, when they do come into the museum, I kind of get a firsthand look at, oh, okay, well, we have this, and, and this great thing is here, and I'm able to make recommendations to researchers based off of that. But there's definitely always things that, you know, are kind of a surprise that, you know, somebody is so excited to see. Because this is a, all focused on play mm -hmm. and toys and the history of, you know, stuff that's generally associated with childhood. When people come in to, to look at these archives, is there a more of a heightened sense of that feeling that like this is something there's a lot is there any more nostalgia you find for this oh kind of sure stuff? yeah I mean it's definitely one thing when you're going to like a local historical society and you are looking at some receipts from the 18th century there's a big difference between doing something like that and then coming in here and getting to see all these all of these things related to things you grew up with and things you're you know maybe currently um, interested in and um, the other unique thing that we have here going on at the museum is we also have all the museum objects relating to the materials that we have here in the library and archives and so that's really a unique experience for so many people is if you're looking at game design papers um, from Jordan Mechner, for example. Um, he was a he was a game designer um, for Broderbund. He made Karataka and Prince of Persia. Those are two of his big games. Um, you're able to come in here and look at his design papers for that, his notes, his sketches, um, how he decided that he would do his animation for these um, video games. And then you're able to go into our lab and play the video game. So it's just really cool for people to be able to see you know, oh, these are some sketches, and then here's the finished product. And we have that in in terms of, you know, dolls and games and toys and video games. And that's just that's just a really cool, you know, way that everything ties together here. Well, and just bringing that up is the fact that, you know, when people think museum, they think the, the exhibit. Mm -hmm. They think the part the public sees in general when they pay their admission and come right. to look. But there's so much more 
to a museum. There is then. so much more. Um, the Strong has about a, over a half a million objects, I believe, in within um, both storage and within the exhibits too. And um, we do a really good job of making sure that the exhibits are dynamic and interactive. And when you go down into the eGame Revolution exhibit, that's our um, one about the history of video games and electronic games, you're able to go and play a lot of these games. So they're playable artifacts. It's not just something that's behind glass. Oh yeah, look at that you know, big machine behind glass. It's, oh yeah, here's a quarter. Let me play this game now and experience it how I did 20 years ago or how, you know, your aunt or uncle or mother or father played a game like that. Um, so they do a really good job of making sure that there's, um, you know, they're still, you're still getting the historical context of materials here at the museum. Um, you're seeing some things that are, you know, in exhibit cases, but you're also able to play with those as well. And I think we also do a pretty good job of explaining how much more there really is behind the scenes. They have to do a lot of, you know, swapping things in and out of exhibit cases, um, you know, keep things fresh. There's always um, the traveling exhibits and the rotating exhibits too. Um, but yeah, there is, there is just so much more behind the scenes and in our, in our museum collection storage too. In all this museum, from the exhibits to the archives, out of all of it, what is your favorite thing in this museum? Oh boy. Um, my favorite paper in the archives is from a really little known collection um, from a former Parker Brothers executive named Leroy Howard. He worked for Parker Brothers from the 30s until 1952. He was in charge of the research and development department and he was important to get um, Charles Darrow's monopoly for Parker Brothers. So he acquired the rights to that. He also acquired the rights from the British game company called Waddington's for their game Cluedo to mm -hmm. come over to America where we renamed it Clue um, and that's been around for about 60 years now. So in the Lurie Howard papers along with his um, negotiations for Parker Brothers taking over the American version of Clue we have um, the marked up rules from the British version of Cluedo into what is you know how, what the word changes were and you know some character changes and things like that 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 became the American version of Clue. And that game has not changed in, you know, 60 years. You, you know, you'll see the variants like Simpsons Clue or Seinfeld Clue or something like that. But still, um, the game is very much the same as it was um, back in 1947. So it's, it's just really, uh, that's one of my favorite documents that we have. Out in the exhibits, I just like anything that you can play. Um, so the game time exhibit is really great. There's a lot of history, you know, there's a history timeline and categories of the different types of games and puzzles that we have out there. So there are some manual puzzles. There's something called a perplexus, which is a really big maze puzzle ball that you have to kind of manipulate in order to get the ball to drop you know, through different parts of this maze. Um, that's really fun. Um, the air hockey table is always really fun to, to play. You can, you know, I play my cousins and I play my, you know, boyfriend. It's, you know, anybody loves playing air hockey too. So yeah, just the kind of things that, you know, cross generations and, you know, that everybody can enjoy. It's kind of fun. So what is the overall mission of this museum? The strong explores play and the ways in which it encourages learning, creativity, and discovery and illuminates cultural history. Um, so we collect and preserve um, the world's most comprehensive, most comprehensive collection of toys, dolls, board games, video games, other electronic games, as well as books, documents, and other historical materials related to play. Um, we have a really big component on interpreting and educating the public with these materials, and we do a lot of outreach um, with the community and um, other institutions in the area that have similar, uh, um, have similar interests.
So thanks so much for yeah, for sure, no problem. I'm gonna go catch up with the guys. Yeah, and see please what go delights for it. They've discovered. And that's where we'll leave off. Thank you so much for listening. If you listened, if not, we'll be back next week with the Berenstain Bears book. I mean, if you didn't listen, you wouldn't know that because you wouldn't be hearing this now. But we'll be back next week. So uh, thank you all. Go to BerenstainBearcast.wordpress.com. That's our blog. You can write to me at BerenstainBearcast at gmail.com. Go to Twitter at BStainBearcast or visit our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash deep in bear country. We'd love to uh, get your support. Uh, Every dollar counts. Every dollar is very important. Uh, It helps support us buying books and having the time to do this show so uh do that if you're so inclined uh and whether or not you do i'll see you next week deep in bear country